Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring at me through the screen here today is a man that was not your book editor-in-chief, Yankee Review publisher, French Club president, Russia for Model of the United Nations, Stamp and Coin Club vice president, debate team captain, lacrosse team manager, calligraphy club president, astronomy society founder, fencing team captain, track and field JV decathlon, bombardment society founder, kung fu club yellow belt, track and skeet club founder, Rushmore beekeepers president, Yankee racers founder, Max Fisher play director, or does not have four and a half hours logged in the Piper Cub club, Daniel. I was the founder of the beekeeping society though. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the Rex Putnam Beekeep Society or the LaSalle Beekeep probably Society? Probably the LaSalle one. They probably had the budget for it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway yes. Wow. I, <laughs> that sequence cracked me up. Yeah. It just kept going and going and going going. And going. <laughs> anyway, yes. Today we are here. We're doing another throwback here. We are going to be talking Wes Anderson's sophomore film. Rushmore from 1999. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's go to Rushmore High. Rushmore Academy, Jordan. Academy. Ah, shit. God. Rushmore Academy. Cheers. Cheers. Ting. Ooh, what are you opening up there? Looks cold and delicious. Well, I they had a couple new uh, gigantics at the store that I had been meaning to try, so I picked one of them up. One of them's called the Hold Tight Tropical IPA. Let's see the logo there. And it's got tigers and flowers on it. Oh, cool. Is it good? I don't know. Well, it's that time of year again, Daniel. I've got some Deschutes hmm. Jubilee. I saw that a few weeks ago. Picked up my first six pack of it just yesterday, actually. Nice. I haven't picked any up, but I'm like, holy shit, it's already here. It's here, yeah. Harbinger of winter. Mm. Nice, this is pretty good. You'll have to look for that one and get it next time. Yeah, they have this one and another like called like Wampa IPA or something that I haven't tried yet. Sweet. Like Wampa is in like Star Wars? No. Oh, man. I think like Womper or like Wombat. I don't remember. All right. Well, cool. Well, um, do you got any good news for us here? We're going to kind of go back to our regular format after six weeks of uh, the other. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm <laughs> sure there is news. I just actually had been, it. since we had been skipping it, I honestly kind of just forgot. Well, we'll skip it again for this week, and we'll be better prepared for next week, hopefully. <laughs> oh, how about this? Mank is now certified fresh at 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. That was that Citizen Kane movie, right? Mank? No idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look that up. Yeah, Mank, David Fincher's movie about... About Citizen Kane? I thought so. You had been talking about it. Maybe I saw a poster for it. Let's see. M I N K. Mink. M I N K. Mink. Yeah, alluring black and white take on Citizen Kane screenwriter Herman J. And... I don't even see that on IMDb. Let's see. You said it's David Fincher? Yeah. I look him up. David Fincher, something he directed? Yeah. Director, oh, Mank. M-A-N-K. I put in Mink, M-I-N-K. Okay. Mank. Mank. Okay. You talked about this drama. Oh, okay. So in some ways, this is the, okay, I think I do remember us talking about this. This is like the, the kind of the battle over Susan Cain documentary brought to life. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Where can we find this? I want to watch this. I don't know. I think you just have to rent it, probably for like twenty dollars. Damn. And you know, Jordan, I can't. You know, I'm not. 
you know, you shouldn't steal, you should pay for stuff when you can, but if you're broke or sometimes if the only way you can find stuff is it leaking, uh, I found an HD stream of the new mutants online. Oh, did you? Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm probably going to watch that because for fuck's sake, they didn't want to give it to us. Delayed, delayed. I should already be able to buy, uh, like, rent a copy of this for like $2.99. They should have right. had this released. There's no like, way I'm paying Blu-ray. $20 to see New Mutants. No yeah. way. Oh, Gary Oldman's in the star. I'm still on Mank. Gary Oldman, Amanda Sifrid. Well, that's cool. How do I see this? I don't know. I want to watch this. Okay. Well, cool. All right. Well, we'll be better prepared next week. And yeah, nope. the only other thing that I saw is it looks like uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet is going to be out on Blu-ray before we're ever going to be able to see it in theaters. Because I really do want to see it in theaters. Because I, I saw might... that the, their, uh, their Blu-ray comes out in December. I don't know. I feel like, is that a fucked up Christmas present to get you? I'm like, eh, Jordan, I know you want to wait till you can see it in theaters, but if I give it to you, I doubt you're going to wait. True. You bet. <laughs> She's like, no, fuck you. But I can't stop. I refuse to open it. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't help it. Oh, you poor, poor bastard. But yeah, next time, next time, I'll keep my eye out over the week instead of... Because it also kind of felt like we were still doing the movies because we had, you know, just watching the movies gave us so many more movies to watch. And I know. Not, like, just a tiny little trickle of, like, new content every once in a while. So we still just have a bunch of stuff to watch. That's all right. Well, next week we'll do some, see if there's any news and rumbles going on. I'm sure over the last month or something, there's been something going on out there. Some, you know, projects are starting to get back on track and things like that, which is cool. Um I will say I have watched the first two episodes of The Mandalorian, new season, and they're pretty sweet. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, like, yeah, they're more kind of like, definitely get, feels like more one-offs. And, you know, it is kind of weird that the first season establishes all these characters. So, but like each, you know, except for like a couple of the more notable ones, I guess like it's, Interesting to get used to now seeing like side characters reoccur. So I'm like, okay, so it's kind of like, I don't know. I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I wasn't sure what the second season was going to bring. It just seems more anthology. And I'm sure, and we've gotten like a little drips of lore, at least in the first episode. Mm -hmm. So I'm enjoying it though. Yeah, I don't want to give anything away in case anybody out there has not seen it yet. But so far off to a good start and I'm enjoying it. Two episodes in, bring it on. Looking nice. forward to more. That's for sure. All right. Um, well, I watched something this week. Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah, we haven't done I, this this segment in I a did. long time. Well, yeah, I knew I watched this week. Okay. Well, so Shiloh and I sat down. Like, I'm just not going to bury the lead. Shiloh and I sat down because they put this movie on HBO, and we're like, well, let's just like you know drink and watch it, and you know watch it together. So we actually sat down and we we watched Cats, the new one. <laughs> How was it? It was so fucking weird, and it was just was it just more weird than anything else? More weird it's, and creepy again, than anything it's else. It's just it makes me uncomfortable, and that it, it's like they didn't even commit to the cats because they both all very distinctly still have human hands, and they're all their hands are human colored hands. You know, so they just look like regular hands. Why not just wear a cat suit at that point? Maybe CGI the cat, the face cat, but why not just everybody in a cat suit? Maybe face and tail CGI? See, okay, so this was weird. So now that I've finally seen it, and with its, like, finished CGI and whatever, so a few things that I just don't like is I don't like the anime, or, like, the CGI, period. It just creeps me out. But the fact that they're, like, it's, you know, cat faces and bodies, but then you have weird human hands, and then it's either human feet or they're wearing shoes, which I thought was just why weird. the feet and hands though. I mean, why not paws, claws? I mean, what, what, why skip that? 
I don't know. Like it was very weird. And then something that I felt like that like was off-putting to me is in some scenes, like, you know, all the cats are just like, you know, some of them are just like look like regular cats, but some of them are wearing little like clothing and stuff. But then they'll go from having the clothing to no clothing, which just makes it feel even weirder. I'm like, okay, cats are just kind of naked as is, but then you introduce clothing and now I see that same cat without its clothes. It made me feel weird. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, be be honest. You kind of like the Taylor Swift cat without clothes on. Dear Lord, I was telling Shiloh, I'm like this, (laughs) this movie made furries. Like, this is, like, got some wires crossed for some kids that are just, like, my sexual awakening is this weird, sexy cat. You know? That definitely (laughs) happened. Oh, man. And also, Taylor Swift's cat does not show up to, like, almost the end of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Based on the trailer, I thought she was all throughout. Yeah, I thought she was the main character, the way people were talking about. And Child's like, no, she's just like one of the side characters. And she doesn't show up to at least the third act, but it's literally like the last, it feels like the last quarter of the movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh... it was it was an experience. I just kept telling Shiloh, I'm like, you know, if I had seen this in theater, when I'm like, Shiloh, we love watching trash, so I'm surprised we didn't see this in theaters. But I can guarantee anyone that if I had seen this in theaters, especially if I was by myself, I would not have made it through the movie. I would have gotten up 45 minutes to no more than an hour into this. She said, okay, I've seen enough. But at that point, I'm just like, well, now if we stop watching it, I don't get that hour of my life back. So I need to see what the fuck this is all about. Was the singing good at least? No. Okay, that's okay. So let me just quick fire. The songs, except for the exception of like, I think Taylor Swift's song was one of the best. And there was one more song that I liked. I don't remember what it was called, but all the other songs that just didn't work for me. And almost, because they're all just very simple. They don't feel very complex. And then one, like I said, I'd never watched Cats. Didn't know anything going in about like the actual storyline of Cats. But pretty much all the songs are just character intros. Like, we're just moving from cat to cat, meeting all these cats. Like, oh, he's the magic cat. She's the cat that actually has a home, you know? And it's just character intro after character intro after character intro. And he do they doesn't sing really the feel like President of the United of States song? What? I said, do they sing the President of the United States song? Pussy purring and looking so satisfied. <laughs> Pussy purring oh. and looking so satisfied. No, they did not. Um... <laughs> One thing that I did like, and I told Chilo about this too, is the the scaling of the sets was very cool. Like, you know, how they're obviously still like people, but the scaling of how they shot it and like some of the sets, that was pretty cool. Because hmm. a Maybe lot of that was practical. Would you see this on Broadway? Obviously, totally different kind of setting. Probably I, cat costumes, obviously, but... I yeah. don't think I would see this on Broadway. I think it's on Broadway. Don't like the story. There's hardly any story. And essentially, the whole thing is like all these street cats are angelical cats, essentially, is what they call them. And essentially, long story short, they're all gearing up to go to the angelical ball where the head cat lady picks one of them to essentially be reborn to try and have, like, essentially, like, getting another shot at life instead of being left on the street as a street cat. Essentially, the whole hope is they get reborn and they get to live a full life as, like, a house pet. Hmm. Interesting. So, essentially, they're all just, like, once a year, one of them is chosen for ritualistic sacrifice, essentially. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Because, yeah, I'm like, okay. Well, okay, then. I like I said I would never watch this again. I did I legitimately did not like it. It irked me at some parts. And I would not go see this on Broadway either. Especially if the songs are the same. I'm not interested. Oh man. Well, I saw a movie this week. Something from the eighties. Classic from the eighties. Couldn't sleep the other night, so I was kinda of going through my uh star subscription, seeing what's in there. And I settled for a little film called 
fast times at Ridgemont High. Nice. <laughs> anyway, yeah. We all we all know that movie. Great teen comedy. You know, written by Cameron Crowe. Fun movie. Fun characters. Love it. So you, you watched Fast Times. A couple weeks ago, I watched Clueless. Yeah. Good times. See? Good times. Well, I know Daniel's got one more, then we'll move on from the segment. This was a couple weeks ago. But Daniel recently saw a movie that scared the bejesus out of him as a child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, when I was, sure of that movie. Yeah. Well, let me paint the picture of when I was a child, probably like eight or nine. Can't imagine I was any older. Uh, seven or eight and you sat me down and you're like yeah we're gonna watch this movie mom dad probably won't let you watch it so it's like oh cool yeah sweet and then it's edward scissorhands and as soon as johnny depp shows up in his creepy ass like leather straps and scissors for hands that scared the shit out of me <laughs> and you held my eyes open no no, no. Watch it. no so the, the story goes we sat down to watch it, it was, i was babysitting you and kylie I was like, let's watch this movie. You'll like it. Yeah, mom and dad won't let you watch this. Let's watch this movie. And at first, when um, Diane Weiss' character is up in the attic, you were a little scared. Like, ooh, I don't know about this. You know, when she's up in the castle and she first meets Edward. But then they move down to the suburbs. And I remember you saying, okay, this isn't too bad now. So we continue to watch the movie, you know? Like, okay, he's over it. We're watching we get about three quarters or so away through the movie. Our parents come home and Daniel jumps up screaming and runs to the door. He made me watch this scary movie. He made me watch this scary movie. That's not how I remember it. Well, so then I was like, oh, so this movie did scare the shit out of him. So some other time, <laughs> I... Hell, I remember, yeah, holding you in front of the TV, making you watch it, and you're just like, no, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I mean, that went on for like 10 seconds. I, mean. <laughs> I don't know, because like watching it, I'm like, I don't even remember anything past her like seeing him in the corner for the first time. Uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I remember it up to that, and that's it. But I'm so like, so yeah, what was, but what was your uh, new experience like? You know, this movie really pissed me off. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I'm like, plan. okay, Winona Ryder's character never admits anything. And then I get that he's doing his own, like, literally, he's doing Frankenstein just in the suburbs. Right. You know, but it still pissed me off that she never said anything. Her boyfriend was such a dick. She should have dumped him way sooner. And also, he was about to hit her little brother while drunk driving what yeah. a dick Play by anthony or mike anthony michael, michael hall. hall or michael anthony hall yeah that was funny to see him there or, excuse me anthony michael hall there we go anthony michael hall. okay yeah i want to Jeez. see michael c hall too but that's <laughs> I, I always want to say his name i don't know it like kind of sucks like yeah oh you know like everybody it's just so funny because everybody absolutely loves him right off the bat and everybody just kind of plays it straight to edward which I thought was hilarious. Well, especially and you then, got that, uh, I'm trying to blend her name, the one gal, the redhead. Yeah, the one that's, which also he's like, yeah, oh, you know, everybody knows she's kind of like the neighborhood hookup. You know, and. Uh, hello, don't you see a repair, a repair truck in front of my house? I've got company. <laughs> yeah, you see a second car? I'm busy. Slam. <laughs> but then. Do like I when she's like, oh, Edward attacked me. I would have been like, right. 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 You know, but again, like, it's like, it's just, it also just felt weird. Because, you know, Frankenstein, every time somebody met him, they're like, oh, they were afraid of him. So it's just so weird that it went from everybody loves him right off the bat. The only person that really freaks him out is Winona Ryder and uh the bible lady i do love that sequence though she comes into her room after late at night starts unwinding and then she is in the mirror looking at herself hasn't noticed him yet looking in the mirror looking in the mirror looking in the mirror and just all of a sudden you see her eyes glance over and see him in the bed and she just freaks out yeah <laughs> and then he freaks out stabs holes in the waterbed yeah 
So it just, I don't know. It just, it did kind of upset me. I'm like, I get that he was doing Frankenstein, but I'm like, everybody loves you and then immediately turns against you almost like instantaneously. So uh, I was a little, I guess I just felt bad for Edward. Yeah, poor Edward. That's why they, uh, yeah. Poor but going from like watching Edward Scissorhands or Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice is my movie. Like I've watched that movie so many times. I know you love Edward Scissorhands, but I think, Beetlejuice is still going to be the one that I'm watching all the time. I mean, I watch it at least once a year, but sometimes yeah. Even though we're past Halloween now, I'm still going to throw that one in here pretty soon. I need some Beetlejuice. All right. Well, yeah, I love Edward Scissorhands, especially just everything. I love Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder in that movie. Danny Elfman's score is so good. I mean, that opening title sequence is some of his best work. Yeah, and the Cookie and, Factory. You know, one thing I didn't definitely didn't appreciate when I was a kid because I didn't know who Vincent Price was, Price was, but to have him play in this movie, I'm like, okay. I mean, Tim Burton obviously loves Vincent Price. Yeah, that was a dream come true for him to have him star or not star, you know, star, but be in one of his movies. Which I mean, yeah, like yeah, he doesn't even really speak hardly, like maybe like a few lines. But I'm like, it's still when it's at Vincent Price, I'm like, oh, he's the inventor. I'm like, that's actually really cool for really. For just like a, a cool homage to a bunch of different past like horror movies, especially because Vincent Price was the guy for horror yeah. for so long. So I thought that was very cool. Watching and it was it. one of his very last roles too. I could see that. But yeah, okay. I wanted to say that too because that was actually very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Daniel has finally seen Interested Her Hands and he's not afraid anymore. You hear yep, me? Not I'm not afraid anymore. I sent you that gif and everything. Like, how'd you like it? I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> then the old man at the shovel comes around the corner and Daniel's like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, probably. But now I've seen it. Edward Scissorhands. Well, cool. All right, well, let's move on here and let's get into some Rushmore. So Rushmore came out in 1999, written by Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson, and directed by Wes Anderson. It was written by Owen Wilson, too? Yeah, they co-wrote together. So I guess they go back, uh, I guess they're good friends. At least back in the 90s, they were. Uh, but yeah, I, I uh, didn't know this, but I guess they have co-written a couple of movies. I'm assuming they also co-wrote the one that Owen Wilson's in. Yeah, the bottle rocket. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, the, are you talking about his freshman debut? Oh, no, no. There's another one that he's in. Like, I think that's one well, of his I mean, he, He's in a few of them. the cover of it. Yeah, he's in a few of them. But yeah, anyway, so they've co-written a few movies together. Uh, but yes, Rushmore. And yeah, I, so this movie stems, I guess, both of them from their experience going to this type of school, the academy. So yeah, they are both just writing from their experience and put it all together into the, what they call Rushmore. <laughs> Rushmore. So I yes, so yeah, Rushmore starring Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, Olivia Williams, Seymour Cassell, Luke Wilson, Mason Gamble and Connie Nielsen. Great cast there. Yeah, so you want me to go first or you want to go first as far as like going in and what your initial thoughts were? Uh, I guess I'll go first. So, because this was my suggestion. I'm like, yeah, I, after watching one of the episodes, I think it was the 90s episode uh, of the movies, you know, this was one of the things that I was piqued my interest in the clips I'm like oh that sounds fun it looks like kind of like a quirky little comedy with bill murray in it i'm like this could be a lot of fun and from the clips i'm like the clips looked fun so i watched it and i remember texting him like what the fuck is this movie it's like it's like a slice of life because it doesn't really like have like it kind of has a little bit of a through line but not like a not like a crazy like it's not really like a plot I guess we're more just following this kid through like some school days and some mishaps. Uh, about two men that fall for the same person and it's kind of the story arc that happens to between them and her. Yeah, I don't like I said like it 
it was definitely an off-kiltered comedy for sure. But yeah, so like going in, I, I thought it would be a little bit more traditional, which I should have known it was a Wes Anderson movie, so it wasn't. It was very weird. Uh, there was a lot of funny moments. Like it more just moves from like setup to see, like scene and setups, I guess. I don't know. What am I trying to say? I don't know. I, I liked the movie overall, but I just wasn't expecting the type of movie that it was, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how right. to describe it. So for me, for going in, um, I don't know, I think I may have heard of this movie back in 1999, but I don't remember. I mean, I probably saw a trailer for it before another movie. I was just thinking, I probably saw a trailer for Rushmore and American Pie before some movie. And I was like, oh, well, I am definitely checking out that American Pie movie. Oh, for and then sure. just never thought about Rushmore again. <laughs> but yeah, I remember seeing it um, on DVD shelves over the years. Um, Back when it came out, though, I mean, like everybody else, I'd never even heard of Wes Anderson. But, uh, yeah, I remember seeing the cover on, of Rushmore on DVD shelves over the years, never really knowing what it was about. Uh, pretty much forgot about it until I was reading the book, Best Movie Year Ever, how 1999 blew up the big screen last year. By now, I know who Wes Anderson is, although I've only seen, up until last night, I had only seen two of his movies still, The Royal Tenenbaums and The Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, I think the Fantastic Mr. Fox was the only one I've ever seen until last night. Yeah, I was going to say, you had me a little nervous going into it because you texted me early in the day and you were like, what the f- did I just watch? And I was like, oh boy, like what What, what does he mean by that? Uh, I, mean, I, mean, I was like, really like, like just, does this have just like some bizarre, expecting. weird twist? I mean, is this kind of like, does it have its own Magnolia weird part where all of a sudden, where, you know, its own version of frogs falling out of the sky or something like i'm like what 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 does he mean by this no no. it was more just i was like this movie was strange the kid's a dick i like bill murray (laughs) like those were the i'm like this i was also just fresh off it so i'm like that was weird interesting fun but weird (laughs) no i sorry to put you on edge i didn't mean to yeah i was just like what does he mean uh, but anyway, so I was like, oh boy, well, we'll see what happens. So I got started watching it and I guess I liked it though. I, I really enjoyed watching this movie. It was, I personally had a lot of fun. What I like about it, it's kind of like election where it's got more of a serious grown up tone to it, but they've got smart humor sprinkled all throughout. And I like that. that that's my yeah. kind of comedy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still love my Wayne's worlds and dumb and dumbers, Tommy boys love those kind of movies but yeah i like this kind of comedy too where it's still a more serious story for grown-ups but still has all that comedy sprinkled throughout smart comedy but i I gotta say for uh his sophomore debut wes anderson what what a great job i mean you already see some of his trademarks and filming style in this movie i mean this is definitely i guess with comparison one of my favorite directors tarantino this is his pulp fiction for sure interesting way to go about that his pulp fiction i can tell you that did not cross my mind yeah yeah i, I don't know <laughs> but i enjoyed watching this character i had a good time i liked what i liked the characters it was kind of fun watching you know him at 15 falling for this teacher i mean i could totally relate to that had a couple of those in high school um but yeah i could you know totally see it was just fun watching, you know, him crushing her and then Bill Murray's character come in later and start crushing on her. And then all of a sudden we got this war going on between them, these two. It, yeah. It's kind of funny for her too, because what is she like, late 20s maybe? She's got a young man, way younger than her, crushing on her. And then a guy that's like, could be her dad crushing on her. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But overall, I, yeah. oh, go ahead. I was going to say the little kid, like the little kid was, I think he was pretty creepy. <laughs> like he would i mean he just definitely has like an obsessive personality like he's on all those clubs oh he does he totally and does. so he's, he's just like he's not like it's like it's not like a, oh she's cute he's like she will be she's almost like an obsession like you're gonna be with me and she's like you're 15 and i'm 20 so he's like so you're not attracted to me she's like that's not even part of it bud you're 15 and i'm an adult <laughs> you're right but he kind of did have that Wayne Campbell thing. She will be mine. Oh, yes. She will be mine. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just like this kid. Although some of the scenes and setups really cracked me up. Like the first one that really got me. Well, I, I don't know. I guess a lot of them, like the little war, the little prank war slash serious like injury war. <laughs> was pretty funny but like also when he's in the when he has a crush on the teacher and he does his play i forgot what the first play that he did was yeah it, it was it, serpico or yes yeah because that was the first play that, that he did and he, and he invited the the teacher he had a crush on and obviously uh bill murray's character crap i forgot what his name was herman Herman, yeah, invited them, and then they took him out to dinner. And her like guy that she's what France. She introduced Miss Brand, but maybe they're kind of sourcing each other. The Luke Wilson character, though, Doctor Peter. That that was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Though was that dinner scene, hilarious. That shit cracked me. She's like, "Well, fuck you! You weren't even invited." He's just being such a dick. Well, I like before they even go out. So you got him fighting backstage with that one kid that was in his play. And the kid's finally like, get off my back. He's like, don't fuck up my play or don't fuck with my play. And they turn around and he just punches him right in the face. And then, so he meets Owen Wilson's, or excuse me, he meets Luke Wilson's character. And Miss Cross asks, what happened to your nose? I got punched in the face. And then he looks over at Peter. What's your excuse? And then cut to, we have this amazing, amazing dinner scene. I mean, it starts off with him going, I like your nurse uniform. And Peter goes, these are OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Like <laughs> well, that's totally inappropriate for the occasion. <laughs> I know. And just like, it's such a dick. It's like, uh, he's like, well, I didn't know we were coming. Well, that's because you weren't invited. And it was just such a dick. I dick, dick move well, after dick move. Com- and then Bill Herman's just like, He's, well, he's completely jealous because he's he's developed a huge crush on this gal and all of a sudden he's like oh my god they must be boning like no that should be us no you can't be with her i should be with her yeah and i just love how was like settle down and she the, i just love the deadpan she just looks at him like you probably shouldn't have bought him a whiskey and, <laughs> and then he's just like <laughs> drinking it and he's just like i've never drank before that shit cracked me up I'm well like, i like he, no he said to that he's like hey if i can write a hit play i can i can unwind some whiskey <laughs> yeah <laughs> that did crack me up that scene was one of the like because he's just being such a dick and he's like oh uh he, i accidentally got him drunk and now no. he's just like unfiltered that no that that entire scene was just so funny <laughs> um i tried to make some uh other great moments uh one of my favorite moments was the fish tank sequence when he figures out that she, you know, she was once married. So what's interesting about that scene, and I actually had to watch a video on YouTube to, because I'm just not that observant. But so the camera's panning to the left. They see you see them in front of a window together talking. He's liking her, and then she drops the bomb that she's married her husband. And he was just, she's just like, oh. So the the camera pans over as they're you know continuing to go down the and feeding the fish and instead of being in front of a whole window it's two halves so there's a window um, frame in between them when he thinks they can't be together and then he finds out in that part that her husband's actually dead so as the camera moves over again they're together again in one window oh i didn't notice that pretty cool though I mean, that's what yeah, you call like definitely style. some like stuff that Wes Anderson's famous for. It's just like the framing and stuff, which also makes me really excited because I've re- I've wanted to go back recently to watch the Fantastic Mr. Fox, but after watching this, I'm like, I definitely just want to go revisit that one again. Yeah, uh, I started watching the Royal Tenenbaums last night, but I fell asleep. I was yeah, watched about a third of it, maybe first act, and yeah, yeah definitely. But it's that- also so. It's also like. I don't know like if it helps comedy or maybe just not being aware because like just because you're getting all these really good shots and like very creative shots too but it's still like in a comedy it's not like an average it's not like a dumb and dumber comedy you're right right so I'm like I can't imagine like seeing like shots like Wes Anderson shots in a dumb and dumber (laughs) but like I also thought like maybe that's also because it feels very like more artsy and like it just shot more se- like a serious like theatrical movie 
mm-hmm. but with all this comedy interwoven into it, which also just makes it feel a little bit different than the normal, especially comedies that you see nowadays, you know? Right. But it also, like, is kind of, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to get a Wes Anderson to direct a comedy. Yeah, but... Uh, I'm trying to think some other parts. I mean, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, again, the character development. I like him latching on to Bill Murray's Herman character. Uh, he is like, I want to learn from you. And how Bill Murray's character is kind of like, kind of admires Max in a way too. Like, just, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess admires his uh, enthusiasm for life, if you will. Yeah, I think that's, I think he just like admires, he's like, you know, you you're, seem like a smart kid. And I mean, I guess the first time, like, you know, he... Well, well, his kids are total like, assholes you know, too. What? His kids are total assholes too. You can tell he just can't stand them. Oh, I know. He just absolutely fucking hates his kids, which I think is hilarious. I love that uh, pool sequence that uh, we saw <laughs> with him. He's wearing the uh, Bud Light shorts and our cores or something. Anyway, walks up, takes a shot of his whiskey drink, and then dives off the board into the pool. So yeah. what what I didn't notice, and I, I kind of wish they were a little more obvious in this, is he looks over. This is when he's throwing golf balls into the pool, and the kids are all around. He looks over and sees a couple smiling and at each other. I guess that was his wife sitting with another guy. Yeah, that was his wife. Okay, I but when we first see that sequence, I had no idea that that was his wife. I don't know how we're supposed to know that that's his wife. I don't know. I kind of, I picked up on that. I figured as much. Okay. Because he kind of slow over her. Because she also kind of like gives him a look and it's just like, ugh, and then goes on, keeps flirting with who, what, whoever that dude was. Maybe the pool boy. I don't know. Almost looked like Jude Law. I don't think it was, but it kind of looked like Jude Law. I don't think so. But yeah, so I I did pick up on that. Okay. But I could see like it's very subtle. I, I thought seems... he was just looking at them like, ah, oh, look at that happy couple over there. I thought kind of thought it was that. I don't know. I just figured it was his wife because those were the only other adults there at his kid's party. But, okay. uh, his boys and his wife are all redheads and he's not. Yeah. I don't know why that was funny. It just was. Yeah. <laughs> so many good uh, parts though. Um, trying to think of some fun parts that I wrote down, some likes. Definitely like the music in this movie, whether it's the an actual song or just the score. I really enjoyed the music all throughout this movie. That kind of helped yeah. tell the story. Yeah. Uh, I thought overall perfect length, hour and a half, went down smooth. And I kind of like how they divide up into months, like chapters. Like here's chapter one is September, chapter two is October. We kind of win that sequence. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think it started in September. Doesn't it end in December? Yeah. So it's only like essentially like a few months, like almost like a quarter of a school year, I think, or at least mm-hmm. a third. But I don't know. I'm trying, I'm trying, uh, let's see. Him getting expelled was great, I thought, too. I, I do like the sequence. That we open up with uh, him solving this problem in class. Turns out it's just a dream. Like he's just daydreaming about his class, admiring him and thinking he's the greatest. Cut to... You know, Bill Murray's giving a speech to the class, and that's when he first interacts with him. You yeah. think he's a bright student based off the dream, too. And then um, Bill Murray's character, is kind of, Herman's like, I kind of like that guy. And the other guy at the worst of the school is like, he is our worst academic student. And then you cut to the sequence of like, here's all these great things, all these like, uh, what, what, are they, what are they called? Extracurricular activities he's all involved in. Yeah, He's so busy with all of this that he can't study and i gotta say that scene went on and on and on i was like holy shnikes how does this kid fit this all in i mean realistically i don't think that's possible realistically not possible also even if it was how he fits it is he does those and he doesn't do homework slash study not at all no not at all (laughs) that was pretty great though um i'm trying to think some funny parts uh well, let's talk about like, excuse me. One of the funniest parts, I think, is just because, you know, okay, first I want to say the movie's called Rushmore. It starts at Rushmore Academy. I did not think, and I guess that's technically a spoiler, that he would get expelled from Rushmore and do the rest of the movie in public high school. Yeah. I, I do like seeing him in public high school too after all the which I, I also like how it starts out with him just like 
people are like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? And, you know, and then by the end of it, he has his own little, starts to ha- have his own little following, like a couple guys. He's like, yeah, I need this, this, and kind of like starts running things similar to what he used to do, at least on a smaller scale. Mm-hmm. But I did like that. Um, what was I going to say? But I mean, like, yeah, the main, I guess the main conflict, which kind of goes on is he gets obsessed with the teacher. She does not reciprocate. So he starts lashing out at her a little bit. And then it gets worse when Bill Murray's character, Herman, starts developing feelings for her as well. And he's like trying to dissuade Max. Like, oh, she's not that great. Blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, hey, do you want to get lunch, grab coffee? You know, that sort of thing. Go for a walk. And then I like, and then once Max finds out about him kind of seeing her, he just goes fucking off his rocker. And then we get all those like revenge scenes. That sequence was hilarious. Because, uh, so what does that start with? It starts with, uh, well, first he tells his wife. He, and I love how he meets her on a rooftop. He rides his bike too. He meets her on a rooftop. He's got sandwiches. Do you want that the tuna fish or the like PB&J? So <laughs> He's like trying to be a camera. He's like, what do you need to tell me? Oh, your husband's cheating on you. Which also, one, super fucked up. Two, she's definitely had cheated on him is what I gathered. Yeah. Yeah, with like at least that dude that she was talking to. At least thinking about it, yeah. At least thinking about it, if not like seem like, you know, they were just kind of like marriage and name only. How long will when he's at when Bill Herman's at the uh when he's at the hotel? How long will he be staying at this, sir? Indefinitely. I'm being sued for divorce. <laughs> I did like that. That was fucking that was hilarious. Hilarious. Like, very good, sir. But then so he tells her wife and then he got the, when he's in the hotel. He he see the bees start attacking. That was hilarious. Yeah, I don't know why I love this shot so much. Him walking off the elevator, slow motion, carrying the uh, beehive with him. And to add it, I don't know why this is. I find this clever. He takes the gum out and sticks it to the wall. <laughs> I don't know why I find that so great, but I mean, it just seems like it like something you'd see in like a heist movie, you know? Like oh. A little did the know. I pulled it off. It just uh, works so good. Well, then the next sequence was one of my favorites. Is you see Bill Murray's character pull up to the school, the public school. He uh, goes, you know, he's got the uh, chain cutters. He goes over and uh, cuts his bike lock and starts carrying his bike away. And I'm thinking he's just going to st- straight up steal it. Then you see him place it in front of, uh, place it on the ground in front of his car, and then he proceeds to run it over. <laughs> and what's even better than that is, you know, you think he's just going to run it over and then leave. No, he walks it back over to the uh, bike rack. <sighs> that was pretty good. Now that I don't know, like, yeah, that whole war. I mean, like, the funniest scene I thought was like when he's kind of like reconciling with them and invite him to the graveyard he's like what are you what am i doing here he's like well i was gonna originally meet you over there and you know crush you with that tree he just like looks over at the tree and just like that would have flattened me like a pancake yeah and then they have the whole moment he's like you know what i get it but he's like i don't like it but i get it and they still kind of part their separate ways and after I think Herman leaves, Max just kind of like touches the tree and it just falls over. That was, I like that shot. He takes the branch, like tear, tears a branch off of it and then you just cut a wide shot of the whole thing coming down. Yeah. <laughs> thought that was a great shot. Um, I don't know why, for whatever reason, I liked Max smoking. And not because, you know, he's, he's not some like rebellious punk kid smoking. Like you actually believe he's got a lot of stress in his life and that's why he smokes. Yeah. From all these different clubs he belongs to, to getting expelled from the academy. So yeah, he just picked up smoking as a way to just relieve his stress. It's I don't know why it felt very entertaining for some reason. It was good because he's not doing it like my mom and dad wouldn't want me smoking, so I'm going to do it. I mean, he literally is like, oh god. He's like the in his mind, he's like, I got expelled from my favorite place on earth. The love of my life doesn't love me back. Yeah. I have to start all over in public school. <laughs> public school. All this shit on my plates. I have no clubs I mean, that he, I'm a part of. <laughs> even lied about his dad's profession for a while there. 
tell everybody he was the son of a brain surgeon. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And it turns out he's a barber. Barber. Which I the guy, what is his name? Plays his dad. Uh Seymour Cassell, I think that's how you say it. Um yeah. I liked him. Which it's kinda odd though. Did this guy have him at like age fifty? Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't know. But I liked I liked him playing his dad, you know, just a barber. And he's cool with what he does. He loves it. Uh he's you know, he's telling his son you're gonna go off and do whatever you want to do. You're you're very you know, you're super smart, just whatever you want. Um I don't know, I'm trying to think here. We'll we'll wrap it up here. What did you think of the ending? The ending, I mean, like, yeah, one of the things that they bring a lot of attention to throughout the whole movie was that all the plays. So his last play was a Vietnam War play. And usually, like, they usually would say the name of the play, which you could tell what movie he was writing a play for, essentially. Mm -hmm. Serpico, I think, was, like, supposed to be that, uh... crap, what's his name? Bogart? No, 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 Scarface. Scarface, okay. Well, it wasn't supposed to be Scarface. What's the Al Pacino? Al Pacino. I didn't think of Al Pacino, but that was like the Al Pacino movie, I think, Serpico. Yeah. Is yeah, what this he one, was doing. I mean, I, I guess uh, Platoon. But, I mean, I guess, yeah, probably something like Platoon, but definitely Serpico was one of them. I don't know. I just, that always cracked me up that he just like made all these plays and how dramatic they were and how especially like at Rushmore, how high like production value it was, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when he gets over, like there's still a good amount of production value for like a public high school, but still not as good until you get to that last one where he just pulled out all the styles for that Vietnam play. The planes flying, everything, just the set itself as explosions, how he gets, he buys real dynamite. (laughs) And I just love how at the beginning, he's like, thank you. I wrote the play. Um, there are safety glasses and earplugs under your seats. You can use them whenever. <laughs> You're just like, so I imagine just going in a play like that. I'd be like, what the fuck does he mean? But then I had to turn my TV down because it just gets so much louder than anything else in the entire movie when it just full on goes Vietnam movie. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah. Jesus. But that cracked me up. And I also did like how they brought around that guy that bullies him. He finally gets even. He's just like, hey, you want to be in my play? He's like, yeah, that was a good sequence. Plays. He's like, so, what, what? Uh, never mind. Anyway, but yeah, that was a, that was a good sequence. I, and I did, I did like seeing them put the past behind them and move, move forward. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yes. Let's, we should probably start wrapping this up here. But uh, I'm trying to think of some, any last thoughts on Rushmore? Overall, uh, well shot. Great music, great acting. Uh, I enjoyed the story. It was fun just through these like sequence of four months, watching you know two guys have a crush on the same gal and just what she does with it. That sequence in her room where he tries to win her over with the cassette tape that was great. It's got the fake blood trying to tell her he's in an accident. Yeah. And when she comes to conclusion, like, wow, you were both children. Like, get out. Yeah, one's a literal child. Good moment there. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, seeing them all. And I, uh, you know, seeing him and Bill Murray's character go from like liking each other to hating each other to liking each other again, I thought that was a great story arc. Yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie and want to watch it again as well as more Wes Anderson movies. I still haven't seen the Life Aquatic that he did with Bill Murray. I hear, uh, is it Moon- Moonlight Kingdom or something or Moonrise Kingdom? I've not seen that still. Grand Budapest Hotel. So yeah, I got some uh, Wes Anderson to catch up on, but this definitely, you know, gets my attention and I want to see more. Yeah, you know, like I said, like I wasn't like, I was fresh off it when I texted you. I'm just like, what the fuck? Because it was just a very un, unkiltered comedy, I guess. Or like, it was it was very weird. Uh, but again, like overall, I liked it. Although the main character, Max, did piss me off quite a bit because he's just kind of an asshole to people he doesn't need to be an asshole to but it did crack me up um you're right like especially like you telling me like all those clever shots like of them being separated and together then you know i'm like okay that's something that i'd definitely hopefully pick up on I'm yeah, i did re-watch. like his first i forgot to mention this his first older woman crush that uh dirt kid's uh, mom <laughs> that wasn't even a crush though 
Because he was just because people made him like, you're trying to bang your uh I forgot what they call, but essentially like his younger classman partner, his mom, and he's like, What are you talking about? Why would you say that about my best friend? He's like, You wait, you didn't choose him so you could try and bang his mom? He's like, No. He's <laughs> like, Oh. <laughs> that did crack me up. But I don't know, like definitely would like to see more Wes Anderson. Again, I'm really eager to first visit the fantastic Mr. Fox because I haven't seen that in years, but I remember really liking it when I did see it. So I think I'd like it more. It also gets me more excited to watch Isle of Dogs. Yes, I still need to see that one. But I feel like it's going to go like, I'll probably watch Life Aquatic and then watch Fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. I know Life Aquatic is on Amazon Prime right now. I think his yeah, I think Rushmore, The Royal Tenenbaums, and Live Aquatic are all on Amazon Prime at the moment. Nice. So check them out. Well try and take advantage of that while I can. Yeah, if I had to grade this movie, I think I'd give it a solid A. I enjoyed myself. And I think upon rewatch it probably only gets funnier. But yes, I enjoyed it. Rushmore, check it out. If you haven't seen it, worth it. Jeff Goldblum is in the movie? The Life Aquatic? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. I'm looking at Life Aquatic. I forgot that I wasn't looking at the Rushmore cast list. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, you know, like I said, I had fun. Definitely worth a watch, especially if, you know, Wes Anderson doesn't make crap. May not You may not like it, but it's not a bad movie, I guess, is pretty much the Wes Anderson. <laughs> and it's still part of what what made 1999 such a fantastic movie or such a fantastic year for movies nice i think you, you said it, th- this movie was actually in the mean, book what was this movie actually in the book that you yeah, they mentioned it yeah it's in the same chapter they talk about election rushmore and virgin suicides okay but yeah there it gets a nod in the book nice yeah all right. Well, Daniel, where can they find us? They can find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. And All right, everyone. You... Oh, it's good. Uh, she's like, and you can let us know what you think about Wes Anderson. What's your favorite Wes Anderson movie? What's your least favorite? Like Rushmore? Don't like Rushmore? You want to get expelled from Rushmore? Let us know. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with friends. It helps the show grow. And we will talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.